Hey everybody, welcome to the 45th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And just a reminder before we get started here, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, leave us five stars, leave us a review. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at mathcoreindex at gmail.com. We do have a Patreon set up right now, so if you want to show your support for as little as a dollar a month, you can get some exclusive benefits that way. So I want to thank our Patreon supporters so much at this time. So thanks so much to Kevin, Jeff, Otis, Phil, Eric, Chris, Anthony, Mike, Sinza, Kent, Robert, Austin, Jesse, Matt, Eli, Jamie, Sam, Andre, Grady, David, Carter, Chris, Andrew, Christian, Pete, Nathan, Jeremiah, 30 Seconds Go, Sonny, Daniel, Spencer, Dimitri, Eric, Jesse, Coney, Rory, Chris, Caleb, Adolfo, Andy, Bebop, Ezekiel, Austin, Zach, and Graham. Thanks so much for coming on board, Graham, and thanks to all of you for your continued support. Oh, rapid fire reading there, bud. Well done. We try. Yep. And only two breaths this time. Yeah, I thought... <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, my lung capacity is not what it used to be. So the first band we're going to talk about is Sajic. Sajic are a progressive metalcore mathcore trio from Baltimore, Maryland, which I think is now officially the world seat of mathcore, as it legitimately seems to be the only standing mathcore scene with all these incredible bands popping up, like Noise Says, You Could See Finder, The Wind in the Trees, Under the Pier, several others. And uh, Sajic are a new band forming in 2019 and releasing their debut self-titled EP back on May 8th. They play a frantic and breakdown-heavy form of progressive metalcore mixed with mathcore, with very frantic, scratchy, and occasionally spoken word vocals, dissonant chromatic guitar lines, and plenty of gross half-step harmonies. Uh, frantic really kind of just describes this band's sound really well, especially the vocal approach. I, I, that is that is the description of the vocals completely. Um, it's uh, on that heavy, definitely heavy on that Kawanashi vibes. You know that uh, kind of half cracking vocals. You know, like um, get out of my notes. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> that is in my notes for sure. Yeah, absolutely. The vocals are very, very reminiscent of Kawanashi. It's for sure, and, and it is frantic in the way that it's like it almost kind of halfway cracks but it doesn't you know um you can kind of hear the youthfulness in the voice you know it's just this like frustrated frantic uh vocals i i mean i actually was watching um old kawanashi videos the other day and once again shout out to hate five six fucking for just doing the lord's work there for uh just having oh just, yeah dude just to see a live set and have them plugged in and so you hear the the audio properly is just it's amazing um that hate five six video in particular of them is just from this is hardcore it's yeah like iconic yeah. basically um but uh yeah 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 uh so uh Sajic, uh Sajic, uh they they just they they capture everything the same way um also kind of really appreciating the sprinkling of the lows in a a, a few of the tracks as well uh mm-hmm. the fucking uh album artwork is quite ridiculous it's got uh the the text is almost like that uh kind of deathcore style and then you just got the weird interesting cat with the sword through the fucking head so i think that is from skyrim i think that's like a skyrim reference of some sort if i'm not mistaken anyway i think it's one of the races from skyrim actually but amazing I'm not looking it up <laughs> i don't know but it doesn't really look like you, you it were, now that I'm looking at it. Oh, well, wrong reference. Who knows? So earlier you were mentioning the Baltimore thing. Uh, are you speaking just strictly of Baltimore or are we kind of focusing on just like the East Coast, like Northern East Coast in general? Like what were you? Sp- no, all, all those bands were from Baltimore. That no I just listed. shit. Yeah. So. Wow. Okay. It does seem like it's the only place where there's like multiple bands in that style. 
I mean, there's mathcore bands scattered all over the world, obviously, but that seems to be like the one place where it's like actually concentrated. They're not all like in any one particular city, you know, or any one particular region. I can only imagine what else is in the scene if you have that much going on of that genre, specific, you know, subgenre. You know, um, mm-hmm. it'd be pretty fucking cool to go to Baltimore and check that out. Yeah, I I plan on flying out there sometime and visiting everybody. And yeah, they just have a very a very modern metalcore sound that relies heavily on pitch shifters and gross half step harmonies over heavy heavy breakdowns and head bobbing grooves. Something that we used to see the likes of Tony Danza do a mm-hmm. lot, and more currently bands like Frontier, Sleep Sculptor, and Mouth Breather. Uh, especially given that all of them have those more like kind of shouted, almost spoken word like passages. You know, I feel like this band in particular is like a better version of what Sworn In was trying to do, which seems to be a, ban- a trend amongst this band's contemporaries oh, as well. Yeah, I still fuck with their first EP, Start Slash End, I believe it was called. That is, um, it is it is amazing. Uh, yes, uh, good call, man. I didn't even think about Sworn In, but you are absolutely right. And also, uh, Sworn In definitely fell apart. <laughs> they kind of, I think, I think they, they they almost like lost themselves in themselves. I don't even know. Like, they dyed their hair blonde and they kind of kept drooping their heads to the side, and it was just like they kind of like went over emo or something. Yeah, like that. When, once the uh, once the head drooping starts, it's all over. <sighs> the whole trajectory is just yeah, ruined. Dude, yeah, you you got like a like the the twenty degree uh, new metal head turn and then after that you basically have gone into the deep end there so yeah do you remember sworn out it was like a sworn in parody but they were doing like what sworn in was doing so much better the vocals were like way better and the guitarists were like way heavier it was like actually legitimately sick no and i'm glad i didn't that, wait look damn. it up okay. sworn out damn it, it's fucking heavy as hell it's like a better version with better vocals wow so to uh get to some of the tracks that i enjoy get down to the the nitty gritty. I really actually enjoyed every track on the CP. To be honest with you, pretty much every track is strong. Mm-hmm. But I did really enjoy track one, the only absolutes. Which, even though it kind of has more of a like a middle of the road, slow type of introduction, it does quickly go off in more interesting directions right around the one minute mark, bringing in more off kilter, <laughs> mathcore bingo, and rhythmically interesting sections that bring one of the more frantic vocal moments. Uh, in the EP over a staccato riff that just leads to an absolutely crushing breakdown and just, you know, checking off every box here. Like, just head-bobbing grooves. Uh, legit giving me goosebumps from that energy mm-hmm. and emotion mm-hmm. they bring on this track. The vocal performance here really was reminding me of the vocalist of Kaunashi on that note, too. Just a very passionate vocal performance on this record. What uh, I always talk about just, uh, you know, naturally I like my EPs and my shorter albums, just di- digestibility and everything. Uh, the uh, Once again, I didn't really have a favorite track. I guess track five, I, honestly, like the last one kind of grabbed me the most for some weird reason. But this was just a, a great 13 minute. I'm pretty sure it's just like 13 minutes, 14 minutes. And I just kept slamming this. This was probably the most jammed record out of this episode for myself. And it really was just because of... Uh, just how great every track was by the time I got done digging and I was like oh shit it's repeating itself again let's back to the track one again um, yeah I definitely gotta agree with yep. you there I jammed this one about five times in the course of taking my notes yep uh, I, I always just when, when I look at the band camps too and I see it's just a three piece too I'm like ah well done well done yeah you know it's funny you say that because I actually feel like they lost a lot of steam with that closing track show me the way yeah which is more or less I mean it's it's more or less one or two riffs built around the song's titular breakdown. 
Do you know Which what, is followed man? by like a 45 second I, fade out. I will, I understand and I almost just, uh, yeah, I agree with you there. I agree with you. Um, and it's just something about the breakdown though, to be honest with you. I just love the fuck out of it. Um, that was pretty much it. Yep, that was definitely the best part of the song. I yep. just, I felt like the rest of that song was kind of phoned in. But all that, all that aside, by any metalcore standards, that's still a good song, you know. I also liked track two, just to get back to some shit that I did like, mm-hmm. which has like a really sickeningly dissonant, harmonized guitar chord introduction and a subsequent breakdown. And it just shows some really nice development in the songwriting. I did absolutely lovely guitar lead, which is kind of reminiscent of Vela Maya. Damn. Yeah, yeah. I was getting that kind of vibe from it. Sort of like Midwest vibe from them. Even though they're from Baltimore, I feel like that influence is kind of shining through a little bit. And I mean, I mean, I always say it once again. I mean, when I'm digging the vocals, I naturally want to know what the fuck you're saying. Where the fuck the are lyrics the lyrics, are. dude? Where the fuck are the lyrics? It's only five tracks. Just fucking post them. I'm pretty sure they're pretty minimal anyway. So it's like I don't have my soundboard set up right now, yeah, but yep, everybody. <laughs> I haven't had it set up for the last three episodes. We all know. <laughs> they all know. Just insert the sample in your head. Yep. But anyways, that, that, that was definitely the main critique was just like, ah, I just want to know what the fuck you're so fucking pissed about. Yeah, it would, it would definitely be nice to read your lyrics. That helps people sort of sort of form an emotional bond with the music, especially when you're when you're kind of almost an indiscernible with your vocal style or you're lacking like pronunciation. It's um, partial. It's partial research, man. It lets you kind of know where mm-hmm. your band's coming from and everything. Because I mean, Good. as much as I love metal, there's a lot of different kind of metal out there. And fucking goddamn, Good it, point. Man, you know. Yeah. Good point, indeed. Some assholes. Even in terms of just like vetting people for being like problematic or whatever, just shitty people in general. <laughs> I don't want to be getting into a band and then find out two songs in like they're bigots and they're pushing some shitty narrative. Yep. And I did also like Fortune 500, and we're waiting which are also fucking bangers. That's track three and... Four. Four, yeah. yeah. And those are the songs where the whammy pedal is just used absolutely gratuitously. Like, it's so... (laughs) It's, like, obnoxious. And that's just all right with me. Yeah, absolutely. Just fine with me, too. That was kind of where I was getting the frontier uh, influence. I've seen that comparison thrown around a lot about this band. It doesn't really work that well, but in terms of the guitar aesthetics, it does. Mm -hmm. So I think we're about ready to give you a song here. Damn, dude. Pull the trigger. What do you think? Which one? I think we should go ahead and give them uh, track one, the only absolutes. Okay. Uh, The starter. The first one. Cool. So we're going to go ahead and play for you the only absolutes, which is track one from Sajik's new self-titled EP, and that came out on May 8th. Here we go.
Alright, so that was The Only Absolutes, which is track one from Sajik's new self-titled EP, and that came out on May 8th of 2020. So next, we're going to talk about Toothless. Toothless are a metalcore mathcore quartet from Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, featuring Travis and James, who are respectively the bassist and drummer of Sleep Sculptor. Well then! Yeah, so some, some pedigree there, some Pennsylvania pedigree there for you. And they're a... Uh, they started back in 2015, released their debut EP in 2016, their second in 2018, a single in 2019, and now they're back with their third EP, Misinformed, which came out on May 5th. And they play what I would probably describe as progressive metalcore, lots of chuggy choruses, fast metalcore riffs, but occasionally they kind of step up the intensity just that extra bit and delve into more like purely mathcore territory. Mm-hmm. You know, to be honest with you, my notes are kind of scant on this one. It's a, it's a three-track EP, so it's kind of <sighs> sort of hard to form an yep. opinion on something of that length. However, um, I will say this is absolutely a step in the right direction in, in terms of production and, to a lesser extent, the songwriting. Like, I wouldn't say it's a massive leap, but they definitely seem to be more focused on bringing more energetic performances, more complete, fleshed-out, Ideas with less like metalcore tropes, just getting a little bit better from release to release. Uh, my main question about this uh, to this band and to every other band that has done this, um, I have no idea. And what is the reason behind you know you release your three tracks? You know you got your you got your bassist, your drummer, your vocalist. Everybody's all good. Your guitarist, everybody's like all right, y'all sound good. And then you just release the tracks after that as an instrumentals. I don't understand exactly why you would do that. Uh, yeah, I gotta agree with you. It is kind of an annoying trend, if I'm being completely honest. Like, first of all, if I really want to play your song and I know how to play guitar or play drums or whatever, I'm gonna figure it out and play it. Why do I want the instrumental? It's just like, I, it just takes away. It's like, well, then why do you get the I, fucking I think you actually... I, I know you're doing that unwittingly, but I think you may have actually just illustrated why it is a good idea to have the instrumental versions up. But then why not just take the extra step and like make the stems available, you know, so you can just listen to isolated parts instead and really dial it in. I, I mean, as, as far as an outside, because um, let's just be honest out there, the majority of people listening to music are not musicians, right? Okay, so they're just like, oh, it sounds good. Like somebody like me, I, it's like I don't play an instrument. So it's like I listen to what I listen to and I'm never, I'm never thinking about like that, that technique that guitarist is doing or something like that, you know? Um, yeah, well, you're always so focused on what the vocalist is doing. Yeah, I, it almost renders me like just as a, an average listener. I'm like, it's just okay. So it's instrumental. Like I, I don't, I'm, you know, it's not a concept. It's just like you notice. I notice like bands do that, and it just it's a question why. And um, it's definitely a conversation, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Anyways, that, that, that's all. That's all I got. Well, it's definitely been a trend. Yeah, I've, I've just noticed that last couple of years, everyone. Um, who said that, that I mean, math rock? What, what math rock band? No, they did a, a double time release of their album homie homie i mean like that's what i'm saying like we've we've been this has come up like the last few episodes on top of that bands like fuck i mean Mm -hmm. early chon days i remember like like finding bands with that math rock kind of style and just you know doing vocals and then like doing it instrumental i just i don't know it just i I feel like number 12 did it i feel like to to offer it separately is something else like this is it's almost like a, a guitar tab book. You're not ever going to release, you don't release an album and then also attach the, the tab book to it. I mean, that's like, I just, I don't understand. Like the album is the album. Everything else would be extra or save it for a bonus thing or something like that. I just, it's, 
I, I find it so silly. Um, you're just taking, it's like you're, you're, you're taking away from what the three tracks are that you wrote. Uh, your vocalist wrote lyrics. Um, you got everything put together and then you just, at the end, I don't know. It's just, I find it very silly. Shame on you, Toothless. How dare you? How dare you put up Instagram? Yeah, over? Toothless? <laughs> um, so yeah. now that we've just fully fucking eviscerated you over something <laughs> so minute. Because um, Levi's confused. <laughs> but, yeah. But, you know, it is something extra. It is some extra shit if you, you don't like the vocals, and there you go. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, to speak about some things that are positive, that I did like, I did like track one, The Neighbors sort of has that anthemic buildup the introduction that really recalls the chariot just gonna lay that out immediately i see that influence big time here and that transitions into like a lovely slidey staccato panic chord kind of sequence which is one of the most exciting sequences on the ep and it seems to me this is another interesting conversation here it seems to me that they're channeling the same vernacular that daughters does occasionally how so well i'm just saying it's it's kind of interesting that influence is becoming broader and broader throughout multiple metal and hardcore subgenres after the release of You Won't Get What You Want. Mm-hmm. Like, specifically in the guitar chord shapes, like the shapes the guitarists are using. Not that I would really peg Daughters for Toothless's, like, main influence, but, I mean, that language is it's kind of starting to become more prevalent in uh, a lot of hardcore bands. Interesting. I do. I did not pick. Have you up. noticed that? Uh, no, I didn't pick. I mean, yeah, this is the guitarist in you. I'm. I'm kind of noticed. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Take the Callous Cowboys, for instance. I mean, their their main influence is obviously Dillinger and the Chariot, but I would say Daughters is definitely gets its way in there just as much as those other two. Oh, I mean, and, fuck. I mean, Carson has the vocal swagger of what Daughters. Mm-hmm. portrays you know yeah. i mean that's just that i mean that, that, that made that come natural whatever i mean i it's definitely a, a that it's not sass it's just a swagger that he's got there carson so. is like another lex basically absolutely and lyrically speaking i gotta say they're, they're definitely on point as well and that's so important i that's why uh, yep that's why i'm agreeing man absolutely and yeah I mean, we mean that in the nicest way man that's a anyway so thing. i definitely see that daughter's influence shining a little bit on that first track I, I, um, Timeline Eroded, um, weird enough, was my favorite track, and it probably wasn't yours, was it? No. Which one was that? The third one? Third one, track three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, honestly, I felt like the first song was where all the best material was deposited. Although, yeah, Timeline Eroded does see the vocalist doing some singing, and honestly, it's not half bad. I think that they pulled it off pretty decently. Word. One thing is, though, that kind of track would have fit much better in the context of a full-length album. I know I've been kind of saying similar things on the last couple of bands we've been covering, but it's just starting to occur to me that a lot of I'm seeing a lot of bands sort of doing these songs that are, you know, the EP should be more straight to the point, you know, cut the fat, no instrumentals, no interludes, no intro track, no outro, just three or four or five of your strongest tracks that get right to it, you know? I, I agree completely. But but that's just me. One other thing is, though, I'm a little disappointed that after being a band for five years, they couldn't deliver a full-length album, or at least a more substantial effort. I feel like this EP is really carried by the strength of this first song, and that's what I was kind of trying to say earlier. Even though... And even that song begins and ends with 60 seconds of what is essentially the same sequence. So we're only netting like two minutes of original material. 
as strong as it may yep. be. It, it definitely is just it's it's more of a demo than anything. Then at that point, God, really I, I feel like we're really demo. laying into these guys. But <laughs> one last thing I gotta say is five dollars is too much for your three track EP, even if it does include the instrumental uh, versions. I I had that in the notes, and I was waiting for you. That was kind of like my uh, my bait on the hook there. I was just kind of dangling, waiting for it, <laughs> seeing what you were gonna say the five dollar thing. But yeah, yeah. No, that's way too much. I, I just I don't agree with that. I I guess. We got all mixed up earlier. I don't think that they actually have the instrumental versions up on Bandcamp now, so maybe they are bonus tracks. That actually makes a lot more are sense. Are you serious? But yeah, I don't see them on Bandcamp anymore. I think they took them down. But um, regardless, it would have been probably better to lower that price just a little bit, just lower it a little bit. I guess I can't fault them for charging three, but we, we've talked about this so many times on this podcast. It's like it's beating a dead horse. Ah, ah, homie, homie, homie. Um, it's because it's uh, it's on um the it's on Spotify is when they 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 get those uh, out on Spotify. Okay. Yep. It makes even less sense to me. Anyway, so let's go ahead and move on. <laughs> <laughs> eviscerated, eviscerated. So we're gonna go ahead and play for you the neighbors, which is track one from Toothless's new EP, Misinformed, and that came out on May fifth of twenty twenty. Here we go. Ryan Matt! 
So that was The Neighbors, which is track one from Toothless's new EP, Misinformed, and that came out on May 5th of 2020. So next, we're going to give you some listener questions. About a month or so ago, I set up a Voxer for us, which is totally an antiquated voice message app. <laughs> but um, So weird. Yeah, it just kind of seemed like the easiest fix at the time. Eventually, we'll we'll get this podcast set up to take live calls but for now uh here's a voice message from the homie ellie of fond lives hey guys um this is ellie helen from fond limbs and i called in just to let you know how to pronounce my name so yeah <laughs> finally he weighs it and, and clears well, that up for us it was cutting out on my side homie just to let you know ellie Ellie, I think, is what he was saying. So good to finally have that cleared up. So thank you so much for calling. Really? In. Yeah. So thanks for calling in and clearing that up for us, Ellie. Good to good to know. I've been, I've been going Eli this whole time, so I'm even farther off. Yeah, we we talk about him on this podcast so much. So yeah, I'm really glad that we finally got that cleared up. We, I mean, I chat with him all the time. I should know how to say the guy's fucking name. I have a problem with our European friends' names for some reason. I'm always evidently butchering their names. Yeah, where is he from? He is from Helsinki, Finland. Yeah. His 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 accent there was absurd. Yeah. Finnish. Wow, okay. Yeah, so thanks again for clearing that up. That that wasn't even a question. That was just a <laughs> fuck you to Christian right there. Like, <laughs> hey, listen. Now now we now we know how to say his name, so we won't goof that up again. There we go. So that was just the one memo I had. Let's go ahead and get back to some bands for now. That's actually a pretty good uh, editor's note there. That was good. We needed to put that in there. <laughs> actually, yeah, that's a great idea. If you have corrections that you want to send us, you can go ahead. And let's. I mean, let's let's start every episode just with the the corrections from the the previous episode. Let's just air the shit out. God, you know? we might have to fact check the, the corrections. Give him <laughs> a chance. Fucking with us. Give him a chance to throw some shit at us. You know, I kind of like it. Some uh, a, a new segment we can include every every episode. So next, we're going to talk about the Hirsch Effect. The Hirsch Effect are a progressive metal mathcore trio, a lot of trios in this episode, from Hanover, Germany. They've uh, they've been around forever. They, they formed in 2009, released their debut album in 2010, which was followed by three more studio albums, four EPs and various splits, and now they're back with their fifth full-length album, Collapse, which they released on May 8th. And it's a uh, very melodic, progressive metal-leaning mathcore with some electronic elements. Uh, it is the it, it is very pro it is very prog in a mathcore way for sure. It, it really does lean that direction quite a bit. It's it's very proggy, but at its heart, I still feel like this band is is a mathcore band. And on this latest album, I think it is more progressive metal-leaning. But mm-hmm. as you see, kind of. Uh, a lot of these bands start to do is they start to mature. They kind of mature into that sound. 
if they don't give up at the height of their intensity, you know, if the Dillinger escape plan had kept going, I assume they probably would have started playing progress. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes you just really, you bow out, and I think Dillinger did it in a very uh, well-timed, tasteful manner there, for sure. Truly, truly. They they did the George Costanza. Whew. Yep. Anyway, they, they occasionally also integrate some electronic and string accompaniment. In fact, that first track of this album is practically all of the former and none of the latter in terms of progressive metal versus mathcore. It really does start to become, start to hit their stride more on track two, on Noja, whereas we start, start to see that prog mathcore element start to coming together with the screaming and some really well-executed singing, actually. I think the singing on this album is, is really well done. It's fucking awesome as hell, dude. Um, I honestly is very refreshing just to hear, um, you know, n- n- not English vocals and stuff too for for a, for a for a band. And um, I, I I don't know, man. I'm looking at their band camp, and I got to tell you right now, I I'm very pleased with just what they offer. Uh, for just merch, their their record and everything, physical copies. These guys are really kind of taking themselves pretty professional, and I don't even think they're. Are they not even signed to anybody, are they? I don't think so. I don't I'm think they've pretty been on... sure... No, these motherfuckers are just pumping shit out by themselves. So, once again, I mean, like, what we got... Um, Is it tomorrow where we have uh, Bandcamp uh, waving their stuff, right? Yeah, for the third time in a couple months, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I mean we're probably not going to get this out by this time, but, man, I mean, this is, this is a band that you would fucking... You buy their digital and, you know, you do whatever, and then they got the t-shirts, fucking bundles, everything, man. I'm just really... I'm stoked that these guys aren't signed by anybody, but they have everything like this. Yeah, just dudes putting in work and putting their money into it too, man. It's, it's amazing. You said it. Yep. They they really are they really are putting in the work. You know, I I think that they've pretty much gotten better with every single album too, and more concise too. This album is pretty lengthy, but not as lengthy as some of their previous ones. It, it does clock in at 48 minutes over 10 tracks, with some of the tracks clearing six and seven minutes. But so there is plenty of time for melodic and atmospheric excursions, as well as an instrumental uh, with some fairly convincing MIDI string arrangements, which they also use to tie together really effectively mm-hmm. the tracks, which kind of gives the album that seamless listening experience. Something that seems to be they, they do every album actually. I feel like I mean their 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 sound has changed through the, through the years a little bit you know I mean they've gotten more proggy but it, it almost seems like a, I mean can you finally tune yourself and be p- more prog I mean like <laughs> when you when I f- view finally tune it's like you're kind of like getting down to like the nitty gritty but these guys have just added on and it seems like it's worked out and they've almost found th- they've found their their sound this way I just I I'm I'm interested by that that you would just like you you just add more to refine yourself it's interesting yeah yeah they've they've sort of uh diversified i think is what you're kind of getting at sure yeah they've they've added more to their sounds basically uh they've added more subgenres. basically <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah that's, we yes. love the kitchen sink approach though it's okay and yo homie look look at their their uh, amb- uh if you go on their band camp they got this is one of the few bands they got ambitious sets coming on here they're they got shows in september october who knows let's see if this happens oh my god yeah they, they must have just not taken that down yet because it's just yeah. nice to see. Maybe maybe that's what I'm seeing right now. I'm just, it's just I, nice. To that's see. pretty optimistic of them. Yep. To be honest with you, I don't. Yep. We'll see. Yep. I guess we'll see. Yep. We'll see. I I, I think it's having concerts anytime before 2020 is 
is completely fucking unrealistic to be honest with you this isn't germany though so yep i just yeah i just looked down like oh shit are those tour dates <laughs> i was like oh shit <laughs> i haven't seen those in a while yeah exactly it, it kind of just blows my mind that there's still bands announcing fucking shows right now it's like are you kidding me this is hardcore just announced this is hardcore 2020 like their dates in august which just seems outrageous to me i think if at this point maybe it's just wishful thinking you know you put it out to the ether and you just you hope it sticks to the wall you know just like yeah maybe hopefully like that i don't know you know i if they had posted the flyer with some kind of live streaming preface that would have made a lot more sense but they just posted this is hardcore 2020 with the date and then the organizers on twitter saying like i'm not canceling so well it's he can i I hope he has some good refunds with whoever the fuck he's dealing with that sounds pretty i hope he doesn't get a bunch of fucking people killed because 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 of coronavirus that's what i hope Yeah, jesus yeah all right you know we'll see it seems a little reckless and irresponsible and vain of him to go ahead and go ahead and fucking put this fest on it's like are you kidding me the more i think about it the more upset i get actually (laughs) if you I really hope that it's a live stream thing because I think he could have really missed the mark here. Oh, I guarantee. I mean, just, you know, naturally it's just, it, 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 I mean, it won't happen, but yeah, it's just, I, I do find that interesting that you would just, that somebody would post that and be like, wait, you have you have, that, like now you're posting that? Like, okay. Hmm, all right. Yeah. Makes, makes no sense to me. Hopefully it ends up being a live streaming event or some kind of responsibly conducted event where people have to, st- you know, stand a certain distance apart. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> on a tangent there. Yep. Back to the Hirsch effect. To speak on to speak on some tracks that I liked. I like track two, Nausea or Noja. I'm not really sure to say that. Our Nausea, <laughs> where I feel like the album really starts to hit its stride and starts to pick up. Great singing, as I mentioned earlier, has a rap feature. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that, which I think actually kind of works. I enjoyed that. I that that. How are you pronounce that Doja or whatever the hell it is? Yeah, that'd be my track too. Noja? Yeah, Noja. I think that's the best one for sure. And fun fact, uh, nobody knows this, or hardly anyone does rather, but I'm going to go ahead and spill the beans anyway. The first version of the Callous Boys Sunspot actually had a rap feature on it, but it didn't make the final cut. I've never heard that. I've got the uh, the wav somewhere. We'll have to listen to it sometime. Was it a good? Was it good freestyle? Uh, it was. Uh, yeah, it was okay. It was all right. It was you know, kind of middle of the road. It was like right over the slow part of the track where it's like bass heavy and the guitar's like waning, waning, waning. Anyway, I can't remember if it's addendum or the the second one, but anyway, that has some of the uh, some of the best moments on the album on it. I also like track three, declaration which is the most chaotic track on the album, and also some pretty good singing. I did like Domstol, which is a bit slower, more dramatic, picks up around the two-minute mark with some really great uh, rhythm play. You said that Noja was your favorite track, though? Noja was my track. Honestly, the rest, I, the it, it was a lot to digest in this album. This, this um, one really didn't hit you right, I'm getting. It didn't. It was a lot, man. It was definitely a lot, um, but... Yeah, that that would be my track I would pick for sure. See, I mean, in my notes, that's what, what grabbed me the most. See, I think it's because the album, the first track is so progressive metal leaning that they really kind of like lose you there. I mean, they did the Rolo Tomasi thing where they've just become more predominantly progressive metal because they've been predominantly mathcore in their songwriting for so long. So, 
making them a little more chill or something. I don't know what it is, dude. Mm-hmm. It just, it's, yeah, not as hard, I guess. Yeah, you know, that's that's kind of like my main criticism of this album, actually. I think it is, it's just too many slow burner type songs. The payoff is so delayed at times. They start to lose me with tracks like Torka. And I could definitely see some people getting lost on that same token with the first track. It's just so heavily into the prog sound. Although, to be fair, that is in no way a new approach of this band. They've always embraced progressive metal elements, and they've started to use less mathcore elements as their discography has progressed. But I also feel like I was listening to some new metal cut uh, on Beelin. It just didn't really hit me the right way. It kind of felt out of place on the album. But uh, what I did like on this album is the guitar work, the drumming, the singing. Basically, every performance is super tight, even if I'm not like enthused with the songwriting. It... It really does recall Number 12 Looks Like You, The Fall of Troy, Protest the Hero, and um, Sixth and Periphery with those kind of like prog Sixth elements. Sixth for sure, dude. And a bit, a bit, a bit of Dillinger too, but yep. that's Dillinger's such an obvious influence, you know, for anyone who calls themselves math core. It's like, yeah, of course, they're influenced by Dillinger. Dude. I'm still looking at these bundles. It is just crazy. These dudes are pretty. Yeah, it's like the motion mosaic where they've just got all those bundles set up, you know? Dude, 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 dude. These guys got a veg. These guys, these guys got. Okay, so 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 the fan box, all right? So you got oh, a, yeah. Thank you. I was just reading that now. The box we'll talk set about comes that. with printed cardboard box, two LP. You got your CD edition. You got a thermo mug. You got a vegetable net, motherfucker. <laughs> CO2 certificate? I don't even know what that is. I know what CO2 hash is. And then sticker. Not stickers, sticker. <laughs> Dude, I think I might need a vegetable net. What is going on? It's a vegetable net. It's legitimately something you stick vegetables in. These guys are amazing. That is some good marketing. Where are they from? Germany? Wow. Wow. You guys, well done. There's some marketing geniuses over there, the Hirsch effect. Homie, this isn't like Metal Blade has all this money and they put it for for Black Dahlia and then they got a board game. Like, these motherfuckers put the funding in. They got shirts, (laughs) they got fucking vegetable things, they got it all. Well done, Hirsch Effect. Well done. Indeed. You get get a thousand math cast points. Uh, As far as a musician goes, I sound like a complete idiot critiquing these guys. But me being kind of a business runner, I gotta tell you, these motherfuckers, they got this all figured out here. I like this. Self-funded DIY shit, amazing. Well done, yeah, guys. I think if you go give this another listen with the number twelve and follow Troy, uh, excuse me, follow Troy influence, I think you might find yourself actually in- enjoying this a lot more. Oh, this is going on the list for tomorrow, homie. They got they got my money for sure after all this. Respect. So I think we're ready to go ahead and give you a song. Let's do it, man. So we're gonna go ahead and listen to Noja, which is track two from the Hirsch Effects new album Collapse that came out on May eighth of 2020. Here we go.
ain't no politics can stop me Now I'm living the dream You think the motherfucking weather will be able to stop me from living the dream I said nobody can stop me Now I'm living the dream I said nobody can stop me Now from living the dream I said nobody can stop me now Alright, so that was Noja, which is track two from the Hirsch Effect's new full-length album, Collapse, which came out back in May. So next we're going to talk about Terracell. Terracell are a four-piece dark hardcore mathcore band from Richmond, Virginia, featuring Joey, formerly of Black Matter Device. They may have formed as early as 2016, according to Facebook, but didn't release their debut EP Last Day of Sun until March. Still uh, catching up on March and April. It was kind of a a heavy, heavy couple of months for new releases there, and you guys actually voted on this one, so thanks so much for that. Well, uh, yeah, definitely my thumbs up here for, for this one. Um, I, I, I jammed this one the most out of probably any of the voted uh, Patreon-voted uh, bands so far. Same. I, I listened to CP probably four or five times in the course of taking my notes. Yeah, really good. Really you and it. I are... You and I are heavy Gaza and cult leader fans, though. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I was just about to about to get to that. They play very feedback-laden, hardcore, with sort of a dark, nihilistic, misanthropic aesthetic with mathcore influence, growled vocals, angular, dissonant guitar riffs, and downbeat but often off-kilter drums, giving it that undeniable... I mean, that formula kind of just... You couldn't help but notice it sounds like cult leader. Massive cult leader vibe. Absolutely. Especially in track two, The Obsolete Man just really channeling that influence with those angular dissonant first position guitar lines growled vocals track three is kind of much the same honestly i felt like maybe they're almost kind of starting to repeat themselves a bit with track three just a little bit um but they Mm. they do Mm -hmm. it's really really similar in terms of uh the build-up you know between those two songs i feel like they kind of gave us a different version of the same song with track three but um not that that's a complaint because it's they're both fucking bangers. You notice, uh, you notice all the inserts uh, in, in the tracks. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, I, I I was quite a fan. Honestly, that has been so overused, though. The, the guy quoting the Bacavita or whatever, you know, I am become death. Well, it's yeah. I've heard that's that use been used a million times everywhere, dude. Delta Sleep has used that. Dead in the Dirt sampled that. Well, Delta Sleep, is Delta Sleep sample is it the same? Is it the same speech? Because later there's they there's, also, there's different samples they use yeah, on this the, record. The but, sample we're speaking of, there's a separate guy that Delta Sleep has yes. used the same conversation. He's talking about whatever. the universe and existence uh, and everything. It's very like existential. Yep. yep. 
Dude, it's so funny. I thought about you when I heard that insert. I was like, ah, he's going to know this one for sure. <laughs> like, uh, and but, the other uh, guy's talking about the nuclear bomb test, if I recall correctly, too. The whole I am become death thing. Yep. Some some laughed. Yep. Some wept. Some it, simply it was, stood in astonishment. Was, uh, <laughs> yep, that, that was the dude that actually made the atom bomb. Uh, oh, so no shit. I have, Levi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Levi's schooling me over here. Better savor yeah, it, bud. Yeah, yeah, you know what it is. <laughs> um, this... This this band though I it just hit me in this in that sludgy stoner way um the bass was just fucking thick um I felt that redacted was a great intro to what the rest of the band uh, rest, the rest of the album would be uh just with the heavy laden D beat going on uh I and just the heavy bass this this first track just the you know the drums just working out just bass just kind of sludging away a little feedback no vocals and then it busts into obsolete man um i just it's rarely that i, I it is a good intro yeah uh I, I, modern failures is going to be my favorite uh track um just due to uh just the melodic kind of ender uh with the breakdown um even though i do like obsolete man uh quite a bit with just it being a strong opener um the modern failures just grab me a little bit more you know what it is? I think it's because the vocal lines are the most memorable and discernible in that song, as well as it just being uh, the most moshy too. I would agree with you. I did not think about that until now, and yes. Um, I didn't take the time to write down the lyrics, but uh, they were good. Eh, I don't think they have it, unfortunately, for <laughs> the band camp. Oh, yeah, no lyrics. Oh, interesting. Oh, so crazy. Okay. Oh, yeah, son oh, of a bitch. Oh, anyways. Um... <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember what the, the fucking the lyric line was now, but I definitely made a note to myself that I was enjoying the lyrical content of that track, being that they're the most discernible words on the whole release. Um, Do you know if Homie that was in Black Matter is no longer in he Black Matter? He is no longer in Black Matter device, no. Okay. No, he's just focusing on this now. Hey, you gotta focus on one thing sometimes, you know? And yet, this is a complete mm-hmm. departure, though, from what Black Matter Device was doing, and I'm sure it requires like a degree of restraint to to write songs like this that are a bit more straightforward, that are a bit more heavy, sludgy, almost sort of blackened at times, especially towards the end of the album. What is it called? LD50, which is the the longer kind of like slow burner. Who was uh, who's the homie and in Black yes, Matter? We'll go ahead and forgive you for using the Mudvayne album title. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, uh, I you I knew you were. There was no that, way right? I could yo, not yo. say that. And so who, no, who? Joey is no longer in Black Matter device though. It's Michael Michael Tony is probably the person that you were thinking of. Yes. Okay. Okay. That is that is the vocalist of Mac, okay. Black so, Matter so device, Joe, the main songwriter. So Joey, it looks, he's the guitarist and vocalist. Exactly, and it looks like Joey. So actively, these guys have been doing. They put they put their first. Uh, so Modern Failures they released on May thirtieth of two thousand nineteen. So these dudes put in a good year there to work on this this fucking uh, uh, album, which I really do respect. Um, and it looks like Joey was part of it at that time too. <laughs> ah, Terracell, angry and unhappy. Yes, agreed. <laughs> That's a good good mood. That's amazing. Yep. So, uh, thumbs up. Yeah. One thing I didn't really care for, though, just kind of circling back to the whole too much filler on a short release, I felt like even though I liked the tracks themselves and they were good, I feel like this EP had a little too much filler with the two instrumentals, 
the opening that open and close this album, especially considering you know the the latter is just so oddly melodic and optimistic in contrast to the rest of the album. I just didn't really understand what purpose it serves within the the whole of the album. I guess the more obvious answer would be is that it's supposed to provide some sort of catharsis or you know kind of a, a palate cleanser, if you will. But yeah, I just that that last track wasn't really working for me. I, I felt like it was just sort of you know sort of oddly out of place with the rest of the album. Mm-hmm. Although to be fair. That intro track is heavy as hell, redacted. I, I do think that's pretty pretty goddamn mm-hmm. strong. And and I don't think it necessarily begs the use of vocals either. And I think they're definitely headed in the right direction as well. I don't really see enough bands doing this kind of dark hardcore in North America. It's usually kind of European. They could definitely be on like Throat Runer or Wooarg, uh, who puts out very similar stuff. Or honestly, they, Absolutely. Could, they could be on Death Wish too if they refine this a bit more. Started, started playing shows. Which is, of course, next to impossible right now, I guess. <clears throat> yeah. So we're going to go ahead and give you uh, The Obsolete Man, which is track two from Last Day of Sun, and that's Terracell's new EP that came out on May 20th of 2020. Here we go.
Alright, so that was Last Day of Sun by Terrasol, and that's track two from their new EP, Last Day of Sun, which came out back in March. So next, we're going to go ahead and give you your release radar for the month of May. So first, Puff Pieces by Under the Pier. <laughs> you know I gotta plug that first and foremost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, cough, cough, Dark Trail, cough, cough. Yes, <clears throat> yes. Uh, full disclosure, I run Dark Trail Records, and we just put out this album for Under the Pier, and I guarantee you it is one of the best things in mathcore you will hear all year. Collapse by The Hirsch Effect, which we talked about earlier in this episode. Uh, Beneath by Infant Island, who put out an EP and an LP this year through Zegama Beach Records, actually. Isolationism Part 1 by Half Slug, our fucking boys from up north, and they're just uh, crushing it so goddamn hard on this release, really stoked to finally hear some recorded music. They uh, they absolutely blew me away live, and this little EP is, uh, I mean, you can just play this back-to-back. I mean, those, those two songs are, like, so good. They both have so much replay value. <laughs> Um, self-titled EP by Sajik, which we talked about earlier in this episode. Emotionally Exhausted, Morally Bankrupt by Scumfire, which we'll be talking about later in this episode. Misinformed EP by Toothless. Again, we talked about this earlier in the episode. Virage by Timengiru. That's a... I had to shout this one out. It's humbled Nintendo Core. Definitely go fuck with that. It's like mm. very heavy... Yeah, it's like heavy hardcore, like knocked loose meets Nintendo Core. Kind of hard to describe. Quaid isn't involved? No, Quaid is not involved. <laughs> wow. Surprisingly. Yeah, but this this homie definitely knows about Antarctica. Anyway, that made my day. <laughs> so, After You by Foist. Or Foista? Not really sure to say that name. Atlanta Math Rock. F-U-I-S-T-E? Anyway, Math Rock, good stuff. Boar 2, the new EP from Boar via Small Settlement Records. Shata by Japang. Nepalese grindcore. Fuck, that goes hard. I don't know if you listened to that yet, but go fuck with it have if you not. haven't. Oh, man. You're going to love that. It's so good. It's like Wormrot, uh, Maruda, Priapis, all that kind of real good spicy death grind shit. God, I hope it's a three-piece. I don't know. I think they're a five-piece. They have two drummers, so... Oh, what? Okay. Yeah. Make it six members. I don't even give a fuck. <laughs> That's tiny shit. Yeah, dude. Go listen to Japang. Maybe we'll talk about them next episode as well. Isolation by Crisis Actor from New York. Not to be confused with the other other Crisis Actor or the other 25 Crisis Actors. Yep. <laughs> Deep Set by Greg Puciato of the Dolinger Escape Plan. You you already knew that. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> and then some other singles here and there. Torrential Downpour. Let's see. We released that as a music video. Go check that out. A weaponized Atrophy by The Homie. Uh, and Terms and Conditions by the homie Otis of uh, Infinite Hex, also of uh, Akaname, Ornithologist in Stress. He's got a, he's got, got a, red... some merch coming out, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Infinite Hex got a long sleeve coming out. he got some yes. merch. Yes, he does. Thank you for reminding yep. me that. Yeah, he's got a, a brand new long sleeve that he just put out today, so go check that out. Support Otis. He's a real fucking good dude, incredible artist, and a really great musician. So, You've Got Red on You by The God Awful Truth talk about uh, later in this episode as well as uh, ugly 
by the Fahrenheit Drill, which we'll also be talking about, uh, speaking of at the end of the episode, rather, and Memento Mori by the Binary Code. And speaking of bands that have shifted from mathcore to more, like, progressive metal, I mean, there it is. They sound like fucking Cynic now. Uh, Do you remember that band? They've been around forever. I want to say 12 years. I'm pretty sure you're so the, the person bi- who turned me on to can them. I, can, I, can I tell you a story about the Binary Code? Oh, you probably, like, booked them before. Uh, so I'm pretty sure it's the main guy. I oh don't God, even remember his let's go. Name. Air it out. Here we go. So, so I'm pretty. So ultimately, I've seen the Binary Code the last two months. Apparently, these guys had Memento Mori done, and they like released it or didn't release it, and like accidentally let it out to like certain people, and like they didn't want it to be out. But you can go and follow what they did but they basically fucked up on releasing this album but um the binary code is a band that i had to that i dealt with when i was uh actually like a, a senior in height no it was a yeah i was not actually i was 19 i graduated already so i was 19 and i i basically had the binary code the the main guy he's the guitarist the bigger chunkier dude he he would call me we would chat on the on the phone all the time he would just want to talk about himself and everything and i was booking wow he's a reverse punisher then and he told me oh man he would just put himself on me and uh it was a lot of oh fucking hey oh fuck yeah cool man awesome uh and this guy (laughs) so this is nice so this is really embarrassing. Uh, so ultimately, I was in the. It was after I booked He Who Corrupts, and I was like on one. And so I'm not sure how we met each other. It was probably through uh, MySpace and like with with my band and everything. But um, uh, he he ultimately told me that he was gonna. They, Binary Code was going on tour with the Red Chord and from a second story window. And this is right when. This is before the second release of from, from a second story window, so this is all they had was their EP. And then at this time, clients just came out like within that year. So I was like, holy fuck! And he gave me all this idea, like what, like who, who like these guys were gonna come and everything. And he led me to believe that this tour was going to happen, and I was gonna throw down all this money. And he just didn't. He stopped talking to me. And I ultimately had to get a hold of from a second story window and Derek Visogi or Vis- something, whatever Derek's name is of uh, from a second story window. Vis- ultimately, I called this band and Visconti. Derek, Derek takes the phone call. I call. I they somehow through email. I get their phone. Their their phone number. I'm on the phone. I'm I'm 19 years old talking to Derek and he's like kind of laughing with the whole band like yeah man we don't know anything about this like we're we're here in our hometown like da 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 and it just fell fucking apart and i'm telling you like i already had flyers made for the binary code from a second story window red cord and everything like it was it was done and then it wasn't at all <laughs> it was just like so this whole time i've noticed that the binary code is still a thing but like i'm pretty sure no member is the same except this one guy but uh, anyways, the binary code I find very interesting because not huh. only have they just... Kind of like Norma Jean, huh? Canceled, by the way. Dude, they've they've been a band forever and have done nothing. Like, I just, like, whatever the fuck this album is, enjoy. <laughs> Fucking, like, whatever. <laughs> I didn't care for it either, but that's so funny. You had such extensive thoughts on them. I was just so confused by the stylistic switch-up and Dude, uh, dropping go, the the in their go name. Go to their Instagram... 
go to their Instagram, maybe they have a Twitter or something, but you'll see, like, they, like, months ago were like, hey, everybody that has the album, don't let anybody listen to the album because it shouldn't be had. Like, it's like, what? Oh, what? that's what? right. I do remember that now that you mention it. You, uh, yeah. Anyways, so fucking binary code. Good <laughs> job being boners. That is so funny. That is hilarious, dude. Yep. I doubt they listen to this podcast, but they, he just got no, served by no, Levi. No, no, nobody listens to it. First of all, nobody in that band's gonna listen to it. Let alone the one guy that I'm talking about, because he doesn't do. He probably doesn't do anything other than think about himself and his fucking band that he hasn't done anything. Anyways, blah, blah, That's blah, so blah. annoying, though. Just change the fucking name and move on. You get a new stylistic direction, entirely new roster. How are you gonna keep jocking the same moniker after or all? How that? about this? fucking put something out and shut the fuck up and move on what are you building up for what is going on like like i don't know man. everybody so that's funny. how you know levi is very upset when he keeps saying what is going on <laughs> <laughs> so that's like a pathology for you i swear to god i have i have four coffee tables with delicate cups on them in my place and i just tip <laughs> them over whenever i want i just I can flip that shit just so you can rage Yep. All right. So, so anyway, I'm done. I'm done with this. So, so that uh, was your release radar for the month of May. Oh, I just released my <laughs> radar. Holy fuck. <laughs> Thank you for that story, Levi. That was great. Thanks, man. Yep. So next we're going to talk about Scumfire. Scumfire are a four-piece catac hardcore band from Buffalo, New York. They're a new band. They just seemingly formed only earlier this year. Just released their debut EP, Emotionally Exhausted, Morally Bankrupt, which came out back on May 8th, and it's real fucking good. The band features Chris Lombardi, brother of Rich Lombardi of the Sawtooth Grin and Colloquial Kiss. Shut up! Mm-hmm. Shut up! <laughs> so it seems uh, it runs in the family, huh? How, you, how do you know that? Did, um, like, did you just like... Somebody, you know somebody tipped me off to it. I can't remember who, but someone was like, yo, this dude is Rich Lombardi's brother, so... A little brother? Gotta hope it's a little brother. I'm pretty sure it's his little brother, yeah. Fuck yes, that's amazing. That's the shit. <laughs> and he's Fuck also yes. evidently a tattoo artist of quite some notoriety. Like his work looks really clean and, and good. It seems like he's more or less very successful doing that. Actually, we should keep kissing his ass here and see if we can get some. <laughs> yeah, let's get some. Let's right? get blasted. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, we can yeah, fly out to Buffalo and go go see Jeff. Get blasted. <laughs> get blasted. This all sounds terrible. Never mind. This all good. You know, forget the whole thing. So, um, yeah, it, it features Chris Lombardi, a brother of Rich Lombardi, who just has an incredible pedigree. He's been involved in so many of my favorite bands, and they play very abrasive, aggressive, chaotic hardcore or metalcore if you prefer, uh, and they do it all yeah. so well. Like you could easily mistake this for a band that's been doing it forever. This this EP was so good, it really like hit the spot for me. It hit the spot for me with the metalcore side. Uh, I will give you that for sure. Um, dude, it's only four tracks. I wish it was fucking more. Yeah, that is definitely a complaint here as well. They didn't they didn't really give me enough material. But it's strong. Oh, man. I mean, it's really quite good. Like what's on it? So y- track one especially. Well, track one. So this yeah, before is before I, I launch into my fucking spiel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, mine's a little more minimal. Uh, I, I just want to say, track one. It's it's a minute and a half. Track two, three and a half minutes. Track mm-hmm. track three, a minute and a half again. And then four, <laughs> track four, you got two minutes. I just 
if where, where I, I, I do love that lyrics? what the fuck's going on like, I just, <laughs> there it is <laughs> you know if, if this were a, a, a twitch channel there would be like a gif that would come up that would be like what is going on do your work where oh by the way who's in the band i don't fucking know where where what, like what's going on here nobody like wait do i even know where you do i even know where you're from wait oh, oh i do okay oh man at least. oh that's great it's it's all a big mystery for levi i just i, I fucking just, cloak I and daggers like you're, you're doing your bands you're, you're be doing your band such a discredit where you literally have went ahead and you've created a profile but then you just don't we're gonna go check it next week and it's just gonna be like brother of of rich lombardi guitar (laughs) (laughs) um but uh yeah Yeah, every track is like less than two minutes though for real i definitely noticed that they are very very concise in their songwriting uh track one which has this sort of idol which has this sort of like panic chord build up about 20 seconds in where the vocals are just getting more and more intense. And then it reiterates the song's main motif before launching into a really like sick D beat. Mm-hmm. That's definitely the strongest track to be honest with you. But I like track two Empress, which sees them channeling some, something that could definitely be on a death wish Inc record specifically converge, especially with that jangly guitar line and those barked raspy vocals just so angry and visceral really channeling jake bannon here i think i would agree with you and also i would like to retract my statement um it seems that they so they they are new uh the idol was their first single that they pumped out on may 1st and they give you the lyrics you know when you it's just the the actual page of that track so you they just put it on that page um so i see the lyrics of just the idol yep. their single they, but then they put the lyrics in the wrong field probably it, it, they put the r- lyrics in the wrong field exactly but it worked out because it was the single at least so at least i see the single that kind of thing uh but yeah um at least you give me some that thanks yeah, that's i appreciate the, that. that's, that's the best song that, anyway that's something you got the lyrics of the best song bud well i Glass just half full I, kind I, of situation you know it's it's really just kind of a checks and balances thing too with me man i want to know if you have them that that's another thing i just i want them printed that's a, that's a valid point for sure that is a valid point because there's definitely been bands where how many bands you have you talked to ever that just say they make the sounds dude how many bands have too you many to? <laughs> like it's it's like unfortunate it's like are you fucking kidding me like no wonder you're not getting getting anywhere you have nothing to say you have nothing to say if you don't have lyrics yeah. write some fucking lyrics that's 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 the thing, man. I, I you gotta you gotta do your research, man. Just know what your band's yeah, about. I'm not necessarily criticizing them, but I w- although I would like to see the lyrics on Bandcamp, but yeah, just in general, it's totally passe and disingenuous to make mouth noises and oh, and then try to like man, retroactively. His lyrics are good too. Why doesn't he? Oh, damn it! Maybe they yeah, just spaced it. You know, I'm sure they're gonna hear this and. Yeah. Probably. Right. Anyways, I mean, they might share the lyrics with us, but you shout know. out, shout out for putting the lyrics for the idol because they're really good. <laughs> so thank I'll you. I'll have for to go that. check those out. I did yeah. also like track three, fraud, which was it was just actually more okay, but kind of more straightforward punk. But it was around this time that I started to see a lot of similarities to nails in this band's approach. Agreed. Although maybe like less HM2 worship, you know, it's not. It's mostly like the vocal attack. I think that's really doing it for me. It's I'm guessing also, the HM2 pedal is what brings the nail sound. Truly, it's like every everything is just like put to five o'clock on the dials. 
the mids, the treble, all the way. Ah. So, yeah. It's just completely saturated in high frequencies. Got it. Got That's it. That's how you get that chainsaw entombed core sound that nails, like, biting. They're basically biting entombed. Wow. Uh, I just learned something. Okay. <laughs> I thought we talked about this before. Maybe it's just because we've not had this conversation no, on the podcast. No, we, we don't, I, we don't I go, guess you're right. Well, we don't even like gear talk kind of in a way where it's like, I mean, it kind of stops at you saying whammy pedal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you don't really get into anything other than that. So. I guess it's time to start being more descriptive than when I'm thinking about gear because we're having an interesting conversation right now. So. I might have to nod, like, mm, yes, mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> HM2. Oh, mm, yeah, mm. okay. Well, now when you hear Gearhead saying that shit, you'll know what they mean. They're talking about the chainsaw aesthetic that you get from from Swedish hardcore, you know. It's now just been totally co-opted by American bands, and European bands for that matter. Amazing. I thought that it got a little more interesting with track four, The Empress where the riffs become more staccato and angular, starting to cross over to more the purely mathcore vernacular, which, of course, I personally enjoy more. Something not so readily seen elsewhere on this EP either. And then it closes out with a massive fucking breakdown with a great chant of no one is going to save you from yourself, which just is great. <laughs> it worked so well. It's good. It's uh, sort of uh, relevant right now. Yep. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're, a, if you're a fan of converge nails gaza and cult leader every time i die that kind of stuff long ffo i know but those are all the influences that were kind of jumping out at me and they also do have vinyl and shirts and pins right now on their big cartel although strangely not on their band camp so fucking silly guys put the band members put your fucking merch sell yourself let's do this they do have it on big cartel so presumably they're just trying to avoid band camps cut but the thing is, you can attach your digital to your merchandise, thereby increasing the visibility of the release. So, food for thought. I mean, I at least put a few things, a few units of the merchandise, apparel-wise anyway, on Bandcamp, just so people go there, can buy it there, and they'll see that it's available, and if it's not there and sold out, they'll actually go to your big cartel. So, you want to... Or you j- Oh, well, okay, you know what? They Never mind. They have the big cartel link. Okay, they, they do have. All the, right, they do have the big cartel link Make, there, so like a, you can find that on their Bandcamp too, or just search Scumfire. You're not going to have any other res- results for that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Um, they they did right. manage to get a unique phrase. I'll give them that. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we're going to go ahead and give you the idol, which is track one from Emotionally Exhausted, Morally Bankrupt. I love that title, and that's uh, Scumfire's new EP that came out on May eighth. Here we go.
so that was The Idol, which is track one from Scumfire's new EP, Emotionally Exhausted, Morally Bankrupt, and that came out back in May. So next, we're going to talk about Basil's Kite. Basil's Kite are a mathcore trio from Sydney and Wollongong, Australia. That's actually where uh, Totally Unicorn are from. Love that band. <laughs> Man, we had a good conversation about them last month. A fucking really great band. Oh, yeah, that the TMZ thing, yeah, with uh, Heavy Heavy Low Low and getting held <laughs> Wait, up I, at... I guess held up at immigration yeah i guess that was like two months ago you showed me that video but man that was fucking amazing yeah so that's exactly what we're talking about the whole tmz thing where they go to australia to tour and um, apparently they don't have their visas in order and apparently it's the fault of one of the guys in totally unicorn pretty funny so the band basil's kite they started in 2011 according to facebook but didn't release their first ep until 2013 a second EP in 2015, a single in 2019, and now they're back with their new single, Sun is Smiling. The band's current sound could best be described as mathcore currently, although they used to be way more math rock on their earlier stuff. Like, the first and second EP has a lot of saxophone on it. Yes, there's a lot of sax on that first EP, dude. Mm-hmm. In, in fact... In a good way. <laughs> yeah, truly. In fact the first leg of that EP is actually exclusively that lighter style. They only actually start hitting those aggressive moments later on in the EP. Uh, and by the second EP, they've, they've gotten a lot more aggressive though, a lot more screaming and especially in the first track, but still taking those fun little like side tangents where the, the sax jumps in prominently and the guitar kind of hits those clean notes, you know, goes into the clean channel, even a little bit of singing. And it's actually pretty good. I really, really like that second EP, as a matter of fact. I thought that was really quality, fun material there. Just hard-hitting mathcore elements and that great math rock sound. Just a nice balance there. So anyway, with these newer songs, they've done away with the saxophone entirely, for better or for worse. Yeah. But they still bust out those jazzy kind of elements, jazz flavors with the seven chords, bringing a bit more like melodic content. They've also introduced... Well, they've recorded two music videos for these new songs, which I'll try to link for you in the description. With because the they're pink po- shirts, what is going on? <laughs> so ridiculous. So, I gotta say, I love that music video for "Sun Is Smiling." I don't know what it is with Australian bands just having the best fucking sense of humor. It's like the Aussies just seem to have just funny people. Man, I think I think when you're just on a fucking islandish kind of continent like that you're just kind of chilling there and i mean you got a lot of beach time you got a you're just chilling yeah there, in, incredibly know? idiosyncratic in their humor i think it's amazing dude it's amazing. i was talking with i was talking with otis the other day you know about the cutting down the tall poppy which is like a a national phenomenon in which everyone feels the need to like bring down and criticize and basically you know cut down to size people who are sort of too serious or yeah too successful yeah, apparently that's a thing there. What I mean, uh, what is the guitar that he is playing in that video? Uh, it's not. Uh, it's 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 like a wide-bodied. Uh, it's like a white kind of guitar. Oh, it's a, a gold. it's a hollow body. It's a single. God, I can't remember what you call that. It's an Epiphone, I think, is what it is. Is the body style, but it's such an interesting guitar it's like a, for him to play with his music. And I'm just like, when I see the video too, I'm like, what is like, what is going on? Yeah, here? it's a, a semi hollow body, I believe, is what you call that. It's basically a, um, a jazz so, guitar. So that, you know, it's like a Ben Wyman kind of signature guitar, but more jazz, more jazzy. But wide body, yeah. 
Um, so what, uh, what's the whole deal with, uh, Basil's kite? Cause I know that is also a cap and jazz mm-hmm. song title as well. It is. It is. Um, I don't know if there's any significance behind that combination of words or anything, but, or if it's a metaphor of some sort. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they just like cap and jazz. So they named their band after the song. If that is the reason, I fucking love it. Anything else, I might be confused and upset. Everything, so that's good. Everything about the band seems random, so why not the band name too? Hmm. Good point, bud. Good point. All right. <laughs> Speaking of random, baby, listen to listen to baby. The earlier, goddamn single? right, dude. You goddamn right. <laughs> that's on Spotify. I I thought that was actually a really. At first, I was like, oh my god, are you fucking kidding me? But the main motif from the song really just sticks with you with those whiny vocals, with the, the baby like inflection. <laughs> God. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I'm a baby, you know, but I'm pretty sure they're saying Tony Danza's name in the chorus of that song. I'm a baby. Hold me closer. Tony Danza. I'm, I'm pretty sure those are the lyrics, but here's the thing. I don't want to listen to it right now. Cause tiny dancer, but, no, but like if I listen to it right now, it that's what it'll say. And I earlier I didn't think it said that, but now it's gonna probably say that to me. Like that kind of I'm thing. I'm a baby. You know, where hold it's like me closer. It's like Tony Danza. I'm pretty sure those are the lyrics. It's either Tony Danza or Tiny Dancer. <laughs> it's hard to tell, you know, because it's like there's that's also a that's, yeah. I, I think that is probably what it is because I think that is a skit of from something. Hold me, oh, uh, hold me closer, was, Tony uh, Danza. Closer. Yeah, totally. Tony Danza. Yeah, exactly. And then of course there's also the accent but, uh, thing. You know how people with like English or Australian accents will often be like "nar." You know they end with like a fucking "r" on the end of their "o" sounds like inexplicably. It's yeah, like where's yeah. the "r" coming from? It's like when my grandma used to be like, oh, "Did you go worship for supper?" Excuse me, grandmother. I don't think there's a fucking "r" in the word "wash." Wash. Excuse me, grandmother. <laughs> Uh, yo, uh, also, I do, um, generally, I don't support the live albums, but I do love just the, I mean, you and I come from just, you know, the same kind of area with uh, Humble County, just like all the, like, the, the small punk rock houses that used to play shows. I love that they just have, like, a uh, an album of just, like, live from the Katoomba Pink House. Oh, shit. I, I didn't even listen to that, actually. It's, 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 honestly, if you listen to it, it's really fun, because it seems like it's just a house full of friends, and they're, like, playing, like, jokey riffs on, like, in the beginning of things and like it's just yeah it's just a nice fun time i mean i can only imagine if you were there whitney and, uh, houston we have a problem <laughs> that's a good that's a good song title oh yeah it's amazing but yeah Wait, do you see that's what i i think like the hold me closer tony danza goes on that the whitney houston we have a problem yeah yeah, yeah sure. definitely <laughs> and just back to the whole sense of humor thing in comedy it was really reminding me of steak sauce mustache on that note Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. in the song "Baby," I think that was kind of unavoidable there, given the theme, uh, the whole lyrical theme, taking the perspective of the baby. But very, um, the riffs too. I think the vocals. I feel like the vocal range is very similar to Taylor. Actually, I'm pretty sure the guitarist and the bassist share vocal duties. I feel like I feel like this is a, a band just like Steak Sauce Mustache, where they're all very musically talented, and but they just also have an awesome sense of humor and are okay with making that part of the shtick, I guess. And you know, I, I love it, man. It's great. Truly. And, um, the new single though, sun is shining, which starts off with again, very, that's the one that is the yeah, one. That is the one they utilize those, the seven chords quite a bit in this song. They kind of 
start off with sort of an arpeggiated thing that leads us back to those jazzier flavors, which then just explodes with some chromatic runs, and then almost like a, a surf rock kind of aesthetic in the song and in the music video, just for a moment, especially in the drumming. And they manage to squeeze in the yeah uh, <laughs> So there's that. <laughs> so there's that. Yep. <laughs> and there's also you know there's some other memes in there I think hidden too, just to circle back to the whole sense of humor thing. It's in there. Even without the the visual accompaniment of the video, I think it's still apparent. Anything else you want to add? No, nah, man. Let's let's rock and roll. Yeah, it's just the one single, so there's not really a lot to speak on here as far as current stuff goes. So we're going to go ahead and give you Sun is Smiling, which is the new single from Basil's Kite, and that came out on April 22nd of 2020. Here we go. Oh! 
so good. Yep, that was fucking amazing, dude. So that was Sun is Smiling, which is the new single from Basil's Kite, and that just came out back in April. Really hope that is followed by a full-length album. I would really love to hear that. Please. So next, we're going to give you... Well, actually, I didn't really post the listener question thing in time this month, but we uh, we do have one more voicemail from the homie Anch of uh, Noise Says and Codex Orzova and Wormhole and uh, some other bands. Oh, kidding, Wormhole so. too? Fuck yeah. Dude, this dude is one of the most ca- talented cats out there. So Yo, on the real... On the real, wormhole is my shit. I fucking jam that nonstop. It fucking slams. <laughs> so it is slam. <laughs> it's amazing. It does though. It fucking goes. So let's let's hear what he had to say. Here we go. Oh shit! One second. Here we go. Say was last week. You guys pronounced my name really funny, and I don't care, but. <laughs> I keep making records, so for the record, it's just Anch. My phone is Anshuman, but it's just Anch. My last name is Goswami, which means cow priest. I love you guys. Cheers. I'm about to smoke this bowl, but I can't hold my finger down while I do it. Peace. Love you guys. Also, my last name means cow priest. Sounds funny, but India, in India, that's like a really cool thing. So I didn't hear anything of that. It's just like it was cutting out dot, 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 dot. But as long as you oh, heard really? it, yeah, as long as you heard it, it was all good. Uh, okay, yeah, it was another correction on names. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, 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 so funny. Apparently, we just we've just been mispronouncing his name as well. So it's Anch is what he goes by, and his last name Goswami means cow priest, which is actually that's fucking badass as fucking <laughs> shit, dude. That's amazing. Thank you so much for that, Anch. Apparently, we need to be corrected this month. Um, if we've mispronounced your name, if we've if we fucked up, let us know. You know, don't send us an email. Call us out on Voxer, I'm, and we'll, we'll air this shit out for everyone. I'm from the state of North Dakota, <laughs> where we mispronounce everything. You they can't invented problematic out do, there. Oh my! Oh boy! It is weird there. It is. Uh, it's. Uh, it's something. But anyways, so so just yeah. And I yeah. I've tried to bring this up to my family before, and they tell me someday I'll come to terms with your brother, uh, dude. I, I've asked my mother before about just like how we mispronounce things, and she says, "Levi, we talk just like everybody on TV. I don't see what the problem is." <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's what she says. P.S. You're okay, Koi. Don't worry. <laughs> Koi really likes to ride us on Facebook. There. Yeah, he really does. He fucking knows how to get my goat Oof, too. T- it's all for you, Christian. I'm pretty sure that's not that for me. Son it's of all a bitch. Yep. Really does running the family. <laughs> Okay, so uh, let's see here. Next, we're going to talk about... Did I close that out? I did. Yes, you did. I did. Yep. So next, we're going to talk about Possession 1981. And that is all one phrase. Possession 1981 are a new band uh, featuring members of Feral Lux. That's Victor, the vocalist, and uh, Sean, the drummer. Wow. Nice to see the, the vocalist back in action. Yeah, it really is. Did you did you not pick up on that before? Did you you didn't pick up on the Fearlux thing? I dude, I did not honestly, but this is amazing. Um, I really dug this this uh, album. Um, definitely the metalcore uh, side. Uh, really enjoying it. Very, yeah. I think it's really promising, actually. So they they're named after a horror film of the same name, 
came out in 1981, obviously, and it's sort of a cult classic. And they are a new band. They only formed earlier this year, but they've already released their debut EP back in March. And just to talk about dark hardcore for a second, or chaotic hardcore, I don't really think that those are actual genres. I'm just kind of being a bit more descriptive when I'm bringing up the genre. I say, I say, like, I say darker hardcore, so it's not like a like a genre. You're trying to, right? Yeah, I'm like, oh, you know, it's like it's over there a little bit more, like that kind of. I thing. mean, like, I'll use the chaotic hardcore tag to like bring visibility to certain posts, but I don't like consider it to be an actual genre, nor do I consider dark hardcore to be an actual genre, and. And usually I'm just trying to refer to metalcore. I just hate to use that tag. I just usually mean... What would you rather... What would you use other than metalcore? Like, if you were going to describe... Hardcore. I don't say say metalcore. I say hardcore. What is... Because metalcore is hardcore. What is Azalea dying? Like, frail words collapse to you. Metalcore. Well, that's... Okay. Okay. That's that's classic metalcore. That's definitively what metalcore is, actually, as a matter of fact. As long as you... Are okay with saying metalcore at some point and it's like not like okay i was just double checking just, and yeah, just yeah. to clear it up for everyone else so we're all on the same page mathcore is metalcore they are the same thing they're the one it is hardcore oh, with yeah metal yeah absolutely elements of metal absolutely. yeah it might be more avant-garde or angular or technical than its peers but at its heart yeah it's the same fucking animal can i tell you i think i have this this existential thought every day of my life and it's not like you know it's like you're walking and you're like you're like man what is it to live or die literally every day i'm like so like is it metallic hardcore no metal core no no i mean like really metal core like kill switch like i mean literally daily i'm walking listening to, me- to music and just like still to this day i i i'm like well isn't everything like metal and who, hardcore who, like fucking like who like, unironically just... uses metallic hardcore though for real uh, how fucking nitpicky do you have to be in your phraseology just say i only core. see it in printed te- and printed reviews which is great because if i've just, heard that have you never heard of a fort portmanteau just fucking <laughs> combine the words put them together no, I uh, yeah I, I I do you know what when you ask me that yeah I, I actually am really happy that I've never heard anybody say it verbally to me so that's great. <laughs> yeah anyway all that to say when I say dark hardcore I'm usually talking about metalcore or hardcore that has sort of a uh, a black metal leaning aesthetic or just particularly abrasive or nihilistic mm-hmm. lyrics mm-hmm. but of course purists will, will sneer because that it's not really black metal at all. But they do kind of lean into those black metal elements earlier on in this EP with those persistent mid-tempo blast beats, tremolo-picked guitar lines, very scathy kind of high vocals. But by track three, Noche de Brujas, they've totally shifted into like chaotic, heavy hardcore with heavy, heavy breakdowns, you know, like beatdowns. Now I'm just throwing (laughs) the genre tags in here, but... They, they really do they go towards more breakdowns in like third track you know and it's actually kind of genius marketing to be having both beatdown and black metal you know this is kind of this is this should really sell I was gonna say, basi- when, you, when you say that they're basically ready for this as hardcore when you say that it sounds amazing <laughs> so dude this band is basically ready for this as hardcore they should be playing they should be opening for drain basically um, they're kind of like that same on that same tip you know these guys uh these guys uh they first of all they give us the lyrics appreciate that um did you pick up on the bart 
inserts? I know you're not much for oh. inserts, but did you? <laughs> oh yeah, like of the course. Absolutely, I, mean, like, I I did. I, I'm a sucker for good Simpsons references. I, so just Treehouse of Horrors. Some Bart's of my got so many good ones. I think that's an untapped market there, man. And I I loved hearing it. Like I it, punched it, a cop. It was really good, <laughs> dude. It was fucking amazing. Like they 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 um. Man, I'm even more juice now that you tell me there's members of Fair Lux in here. I'm fucking, I'm ready for this, dude. This is amazing. It's really good. Yep. I gotta agree. It, I like this a lot. Possession and, 1981 is the movie, too? I gotta write this down mm-hmm. here. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. There's a movie. Making a note. Yeah, this should please listeners from many different subgenres as well as what I was kind of getting at with the whole black metal, heavy hardcore, and of course, The Simpsons excerpts don't hurt either as Levi was just noting and you can also just tell this band has former members of Fair Lux if you pay attention to Vic's vocals uh, who also he also plays guitars in this band and for some of the guitar lines especially I feel like I'm listening to a, a Fair Lux B-side if only briefly and I liked El Jesus for that same reason not to say that uh, either one of these artists are resting on the laurels of their former project. It does see them still striking out in new and interesting directions that don't feel like a repeat of Feralux. Dude. Like, this could have easily just been, like, them trying to revive the project with new lineups. This is fucking tight as fuck. All right, so... so <laughs> Levi's still juiced. Yo, Interestingly yo, yo, yo. enough, so, uh, according to their band camp, this album was recorded after one practice and much was improvised. That's what I was going to say. Fucking, I got this in my notes. I wanted to say that. I was like, what the fuck? Like, this like this is crazy that they did this. Um, How goddamn impressive is that? I like that they get... So when you look at the band, it's like from from Michigan. And I'm like, they're not from fucking Michigan. And then it's like, this record was written and recorded in Florida, but the this band will form in Michigan. It's like, oh, oh, okay. Like, okay. I guess that's, that's why I didn't know it was Feral Lux because it's like, they're, it's like Florida, but Michigan. All right. Yeah. They, um, they clearly must've just been in the process of moving when they were like writing the album or whatever. This record is intended to be played loud. Thank you, guys. Amazing. Amazing. Done and done. Fuck, I'm so juiced on this. This is great. Yeah, it's good, man. It's not, like, outrageously technical or anything or super complex, but it does seem like there's there's some care paid to putting these songs together with a good amount of variety to differentiate them, including an instrumental with spoken word and... If some of this is... I didn't feel like that was a waste of space either, which usually would have like turned me off. But I feel like Victor's... I'm not sure if he goes by Vic or Victor, but I feel like his uh, his lyrics are just so good, very strong. I think that's like what it's still is oh, enjoyable. Oh, I see what's going on here. So they're definitely... I mean, if you look, it's just two dudes in the band right now. So it's definitely no. not like a... Wrong. A full... Wrong, sir. They just recruited a, uh, a third oh, person. Really? Yes, they just recruited a third person to play bass, actually. Yeah. Okay, game on, boys. Okay, all right. To talk about some tracks that I liked, I liked, uh, I liked, I have this knife. Ah, that was my, which, that, that yeah. was my, that was my one, dude. Dude, yeah. That is the track where they kind of return to those older Feral Lux textures, especially in the, the chorus, the lyrics of the chorus. No longer will I fall asleep with the debt in my heart. When will you understand? When will you end it all? Really good. <laughs> so good. So yeah, that's good. like that's like signature Victor right there too. 
I also liked track three, Noche de Brujas, which is one of the EP's like heavier cuts, balances that heavy hardcore and black metal, blackened vibe, just mixed together so nicely with a very melodic chorus, and it just gets catchier every time I hear it, by the way. I thought the title track was all right, maybe suffering from the album's like kind of weakest lyrics, but certainly not suffering from a lack of passionate delivery. You know, he always really delivers mm-hmm. vocally from performance to performance. Man. And I thought Rabid Curse was good too. Very like good two-step number, you know? This, uh, I, I'm just like, when I think about it, I'm like, fuck, all of these are really fucking good. Cause I, I'm, I wrote all these notes down, but I don't have a favorite track. And I guess it's because I I'm telling you, man, one. this band is, is coming out at, at right at the perfect fucking time. So people are really into, they're really embracing hardcore, being integrated with a bunch of other stuff like old school death metal or black I like metal. That, I like that he um <laughs> that he does specify here in the description, you know, it's like we we definitely you know, we had some of it written and some of it we didn't have written and that I mean that gets me more juice because it all sounds amazing. So that means this is like coming like even more organically. So that means the next release should be up even better, you know. Yes. Again, this is they're going to be a hit if they start gigging. Yeah, like the, the, the kindling just got heated, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I think the fire hasn't even started, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. This is real good shit. And if you're a fan of Code Orange, Gulch, Nails, Knocked Loose, last comparisons may be a bit of a stretch. <laughs> but again, this is this band is ready for this. is yep. hardcore. So we're going to go ahead and give you I Have This Knife, which is track two from Donor. And that came out on March 16th. Here we go. die <laughs> good shit i love that treehouse of horror sample one of the one of the better episodes 
I actually just uh, got a t-shirt in the mail, which is just uh, a t-shirt with uh, the Sideshow Bob's uh, tattoo of Bart's head on a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> Severed head on a skateboard. It's pretty fucking amazing. That's so great. That's pretty good. Yep. It's pretty good, yeah. Honestly, you should probably get that tattooed now. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like, it's just, ouch, man. It's like, the guitarist it's of brilliant. Invalids has... Uh, his entire left arm is a a sad Simpsons sleeve. It's fucking brilliant. Really? Yeah, he gets it done in Brooklyn somewhere. I used to follow the artist, like Ruckus something or other. I can't remember the handle. A sad Simpsons sleeve. Yeah. For a while, I was about to get one, too. Of a, I'm not even going to say what it was, because someone's going to steal it, and a bunch of people already have it already, yeah, so... Damn it. <laughs> Never mind. That's just for me. <laughs> not for you. <laughs> not for you. For me. Um, so that was I Have This Knife, which is track two from Possession 1981's new EP, Donor, which came out back in March. That was a good choice. I, 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 that was the best track, for sure. Yeah, and I'm sure after that whole conversation about Feral Lux, it was probably really clicking for you with that chorus, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So the only my criticism is I'm just I'm left wanting more, you know? I wish they would have maybe made like flesh out a few more ideas a little better yo it seems like they were more anxious for us to hear it, it seems like they were kind of just pushing it out so i mean that uh, hopefully the, uh, as we're talking about this the the wheels are turning in the back you know hey when you're excited about your own material and you want to get it out there that's that's definitely a good fucking sign that's the yeah. shit if you want to share it with people people need to hear it oh and you posted the lyrics and everything too and you put your band members on there and everything oh that's so interesting that's so crazy that you would give all your credit and put all your fucking credentials on there that's great not everybody wants to credit up i guess you know sure it is what it is that's the fucking arts that's the art (laughs) student in you fucking want to sell yourself but you don't want to sell yourself because then you would sell out that's the art student in you what 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 is arbitrary surface level insult levi like what even is that yeah i stick by it i don't give a fuck (laughs) you you do do that don't you (laughs) you'll you'll see it through to the end (laughs) yep whatever (laughs) all right so next we're going to talk about the god-awful truth and the God Awful Truth are a three-piece mathcore band from Denton, Texas. A lot of three-pieces this episode. They formed as early as 2011, according to their Facebook, but didn't release their debut EP until 2015, followed by a single in 2016, both of which we covered on this podcast. I was going to say, this is a revisit. Yes, this is a, a double, triple revisit now, actually. A second EP in 2019, which was really fucking good, and now they're back with their... Another new single, You've Got Red On You, which is undoubtedly this band's best work yet. Absolutely. And this is just a classic example of, well, I guess that's sort of an oxymoron, but it's a uh, a great example of a next-generation mathcore band. I'm just, like, having a great time where I'm, like, just trying to pinpoint these newer bands' influences, just trying to figure out where they're pulling from, because I've gotten older they're they're now pulling from newer and more obscure bands because of the advent of social media, you know? It's just interesting because they're, they're just so next-generational, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really awesome that uh, an average uh, a younger uh, person can really tap into 
more music than ever and then also be reminded of things and i just like if you know if you're if you're on youtube and like somebody looks up like some kid looks up uh, a record well youtube kind of goes through the whole thing and it's like it gives you those random ones where back in the day you're like oh what the fuck is this clever girl i keep seeing oh well holy fuck it's the best record fucking ever like that kind of thing you know um i i, I think that this is a uh, kind of along that side there um the god awful truth though the mother's milk is that the one we've covered first? Was no, no. Of? We covered uh, Marine Ponderosa was a song that we played on this podcast first. And then we covered uh, Mother's Milk. Really? We did one before Mother's Milk? Holy yes, shit. Yeah. They were on uh, one of the very first episodes of this podcast, I re- Dude, yeah, I remember that. Um, also, I do remember mentioning that they were from Denton. And they uh, there's that one song, The Mountain Goats, the best ever uh, death metal band out in Denton. And it's <laughs> right. just like, yeah. Um fucking love the mountain yep. that's so good uh wow I, I i i is this our first three time revisit no 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 we've talked about fawn limbs three times at least i'm pretty sure yeah this is one of the few so well done god awful truth this is yeah yeah it is it is really fucking good i i did like that ep quite a bit but this is yet another step up and there's not really a whole lot to speak on because it's just one the one track, single. Yeah. yeah. But as with anything else, that's quality. There's just absolutely no way in fuck we couldn't talk about it on this podcast. It's just one of those bands that's been steadily making improvements with every release, especially in the last year with the release of Way the Future. And that material just is so technical and visceral and much of it really scratches both that head and body itch for me where my <laughs> mind is stimulated from the subtle shifts and variation but my body just wants to fucking smash everything around me because dude you know it's got that heaviness too it's a thinker and a macho i guess that, is what i'm trying to say that's amazing um <laughs> it's just a bit confused you know there's a lot going on speaking of moshing dude you threw in some two solid breakdowns in this song um god it fucking goes. i uh, once again, just yeah, it, it, it's always um, it's bittersweet when we are covering uh, singles because it's a, uh, you know, it's either really good and I want more, or it's like oh, okay, I'm glad review that one track and everything. Um, but this is this is one I just want more, man. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're about to. I mean, it's that's my criticism. It, there's not enough material here, as far as the material is concerned. I can't really find that I don't much love, 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 love about it, but I will say that it is rather disappointing they haven't yet delivered a full-length effort in their five years of existence. <laughs> but I have a feeling that might change soon, so. Yeah. Just follow uh, follow their socials. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, just go ahead and do it. Yeah, don't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and give you their new single, which is You've Got Red on You, which just came out on May 15th of 2020. And if you're a fan of Danza, Dillinger, Gaza, uh, newer bands like Under the Pier, Steak Sauce, Mustache, mm-hmm. those are uh, the ones that are jumping out at me. I think you'll really enjoy this. Here we go.
so fucking good. That was a shit. Dude, I love that, like, dissonant ostinato that's going the whole time. You know, that... Yeah, yeah, that shit is fucking yep. catchy as hell. All right, so that was You Got Red On You, which is the new single from The God Awful Truth, which just came out back in May. So the last band we're going to talk about is The Fahrenheit Drill. The Fahrenheit Drill are a two-piece chaotic hardcore mathcore band from Santa Cruz, California. They started in early 2019, releasing their debut EP that same year, which we covered on this podcast, actually. And now they're back with a new EP, Ugly, which they released on May 15th. And speaking of making improvements, it's good to see this band come back after a year or so with uh, relative silence, with uh, Mm -hmm. some more solid tracks, you know? Or two. Yeah. I, I guess what I meant to say is they've the songwriting itself seems to have improved. And what's most impressive about this band, actually, is that the drummer, Michael, who's an absolute fucking homie, also does vocals. So we're talking about two very talented dudes who absolutely have a vision here, and they really want to make shit happen. So they got together and made a band, even though there's kind of a, a dearth of that sort of style in, in Santa Cruz. You know, There's not really a whole lot of bands trying to play mathcore around here or in the Bay Area in general. Question to you, though. Um, and also the band. So what we got two guys, we got two people in the band. We got uh, guitar, bass, and we got drum vocals. But um, on these two tracks, we get a credit uh, of l- just specific lyrics to a guy Ryan Moore. So you're telling me that there, there's a guy came in and wrote the lyrics for you too? I think that was the case on the last EP as well. If I'm not mistaken. Pretty sure there was writer credit to somebody else as well. Really? Oh no! I guess nope. you're right. I guess it's just the CP. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that is interesting, though. I find it interesting. Um, who who is Ryan Moore? He must be a. Uh, it says it says relay shift. Uh, yeah. Um, That's the name of the song. Wait, no. No what? No, I guess it's just, yeah, lyrics. I guess, yeah, so lyrics just for Relay Shift is Ryan Moore. Right. Interesting. Once again, yeah, okay. Huh. Hmm. All right. Hmm. Yeah. He must be be a former band member or something. Yeah, maybe I'm looking into the credits a little too much, but yeah, it's interesting that somebody else wrote your lyrics for you. I think you are reading too much into that, actually, yeah. That is interesting, though. You don't usually see that. I mean, you see it occasionally when there's... It's almost like it's almost like I'm asked like I'm mad at somebody that was honest with me, but I should just be happy that they were honest with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, like, it's like when you when you quote fucking like a Nirvana song in your song or whatever, you have to like give them then the writer credit. Or if you like use their fucking yes. use their riff even briefly or something, I think if it's like similar enough to give them writing writer credit, I don't know. Um, I really hope like once again, most most bands do jam the podcast that we that uh, the episode that we have them on so hopefully you guys can get back to us that that's interesting just like let me know what the hell's going yeah on yeah there, michael who is ryan moore let us know who that bitch who that bitch <laughs> what's going on here who that boy <laughs> all right but yeah so yeah, uh, that's it yeah i i really wish these guys would actually find the members to make a full lineup and start playing shows because this is the kind of band that the bay area needs you know in the past few years there there's been very few there's actually has been a few popping up here and there with like Half Slug, Novata Wilp, Freighter, 
And I would really like to see them all get together and play a show. I would like to say it was a drought, uh, because back in the day, there was a lot of Central California, Northern California bands. I feel like nowadays, it's a little... You're right. You're right. It is a drought. Yes. But this is encouraging, though, because, again, Half Slug is great. Novato Wilt is great. Freighter is great. We're, we're starting to head in the right direction here. We've had Wolf King and Name, but, you know, mm-hmm. those are like the only remotely chaotic kind of bands. At least we have Gulch, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, too. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're kind of more on the this is hardcore tip, though, to be honest with you. That's just a whole more marketable kind of breakdown-oriented thing that just is, is what's in now. Let's be honest. Beatdown is a trend that mm-hmm. will go away soon. I th- I think that people can only have their intelligence insulted so much by just constant breakdowns, you know? I was going to say, beatdown is just like the death core. At some point, you know, you're going to want a little something else other than just, like, the, the breakdown, you know? Yeah, and, and not to say that I, I don't like constantly moshing and almost throwing my rotator cuff, but <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I do actually want to sit still and watch the musicianship, and it's not very compelling if they're just playing... Stuff that's in first position. Yep. Tracks that I liked. I like track one of the two tracks, you know. But that one is the song that's more interesting and substantial than the other track. I don't really have, like, a whole lot to say on this. I wish I would have taken better notes, but, you know, it's an improvement. It's so funny. It's like, it's like so you had, like, you had, like, lyric addition to Relay Shift, which is, like, a minute and a half, like, two minutes long. I don't know. Once again, questions. Just interested. Uh, yeah, you know, whatever. Ugly, ugly is a good track. It's definitely, um, it's definitely a step up from their other material. That chuggy intro in seven really gets me every yep. time. It, really recalling botch for me with the the guitars and the uh, the vocal approach. They definitely rep Dillinger Escape Plan a lot in terms of influence, but or at least um, bands that they enjoy. But I feel like Converge, though, is really jumps out at me a lot more. Anything else you want to add, Levi? I got nothing, man. I think Ugly is the track for sure. Great. Yeah, this is a, a late podcast for us. We, we're old men, so 1035 is... <laughs> we're both like, uh... That is the last fucking band. It's the fucking two tracks. Fucking ain't, ain't, I'm, I'm ready to do any, everything else. Just like, you've yeah, I got you've already say, checked man. out, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I got. I, yeah, I got nothing else to say with this band. All right then. Well, I'll say one more thing. Great to see them come back with some improved material, and I, I really do hope they can they can put out a full length album. And I really hope they can put together a full lineup so they can start gigging. So, hit up the Fahrenheit Drill on Facebook and Instagram if you're in the Bay Area or Santa Cruz, and uh, you want to play some mathcore. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Ugly, which is track one from the Fahrenheit Drill's new EP, Ugly, and that just came out on May 15th. Here we go. Ugly, even if you're right 
That was good. Yep. Yep. That was good. Yep. I feel like they uh, they really have stepped that up quite a bit. Honestly, I was just reading the lyrics too. I think the lyrics to that song are are actually better than Relay Ship. To be honest with you, Wake Up Dead, my best friend. That's fucking that's catchy. Yeah, I saw you. I just saw you scrolling through the the lyrics there. <laughs> it was kind of cool to see you like. <laughs> Oh yeah, was the was the audio still coming through? No, but I saw you like like I saw you like on the on the stream like scrolling down and looking at the lyrics. Like, oh, I see him at the end of the song. He's looking at the lyrics. He's looking at the lyrics. Fuck's sake. Oh well, we'll 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 get that dialed in next time. But yeah, man. The, the, uh, the, the, yeah, this uh, this uh, once again. I just want to say one more thing about the Fahrenheit drill. Just like give us more and more tracks on the next release, please be awesome that fucking would be really, good really fucking yeah. awesome man you, you, I, it's full really promising album yeah a full yeah. length yeah i mean like that's kind of a lot to ask for a two-piece but or the levi request a digestible ep or six tracks <laughs> the levi sort. the levi special <laughs> six tracks over in 18 yep. minutes <laughs> oh 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 wrap that bitch under uh, 20 minutes and we're good man yeah absolutely we're fine <laughs> he'll do five of those a day <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that was Ugly, which is the title track from the Fahrenheit Drills new EP, which just came out on May 15th. So before we call it quits here, just a couple quick reminders for you. Please follow us on Spotify. Please follow us on uh, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Leave us five stars. If you're feeling the podcast, you're enjoying it, let us know what you think. If you want to submit some stuff, you can email us or ask us any questions mathcoreindex at gmail.com we have an absolutely massive social media presence we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter all that good stuff we've been trying to cultivate a better YouTube channel and I think that's about it definitely hit us up on Patreon as well if uh, you like what we do and uh, you're a real ride or die <laughs> uh, yeah and I guess this is the once again this is the first uh, episode where we have I mean this is our third uh, doing social distancing um, but we've on this episode we've uh, dialed in a little extra and we've had our, some of our patreon supporters listening in this whole time as like a live stream um, so yeah if you guys like what we do if you want to hear us bumble on behind the scenes you'd kind of get that with uh, what we do do that yeah, we do that a lot so yeah um, yeah today was a fucking disaster too as a matter of fact trying to get that all dialed in this is actually the first episode that we've We've actually had a, a real live cast with our, our Patreon supporters listening in. I guess it's the first like step in a live cast, uh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. We were figuring it out. Well, getting the Voxer set yeah. up was kind of a, a um, band-aid, but we want to bring you guys in on the conversation more. And uh, we're going to start doing guests as well on the podcast starting next episode. We start bringing on uh, Jeff or Kevin or Otis or someone come on and talk about some bands with us oh throw more technology into it yeah sure let's fucking do that <laughs> yeah we great. figured why not make it more complicated yeah yeah let's do that for <laughs> sure add more chords and fucking connections for sure let's do that exactly i know you love yeah, that i'm stoked so i guess that about wraps it up for the 45th episode of MathCast. i'm your host christian and i'm your co-host levi and we'll be back again next month with some more sick underground bands good night and stay beautiful <laughs>